This is IT Visionaries, your number one source for actionable insights and exclusive interviews with CIOs, CTOs, and CISOs, and many more. I'm your host, Albert Chow, a former CIO, former sales VP, and now podcast host. We've got this indoor location data. How do we use that data and how can that drive important decisions? And what would be the most important data for our customers to have depending on the use case? Before this conversation with Nader Ali, he's the CEO of Inpiction. I didn't fully understand indoor intelligence at all. I didn't know how it could be used to solve any problem. As head of the company that's created this category, Nader is an expert in the space and the possibilities that it unlocks for all of us. After listening to the detailed case studies and examples that he provided, we really have a sense for how this technology can impact our daily lives. In this episode, Nader shares how indoor intelligence can improve security, optimization of space, employee retention, and more. Enjoy this episode. Nadia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Great to be here. Hey, listen, we're pumped to have you. I got pitched your company to be on the show. And the first thing I thought to myself was indoor intelligence. I have no idea what this means. I don't, I have no clue what it means. I started looking into it a little bit. I don't think I can quite explain what you guys are doing. But for our audience, what exactly is Inpiction? What is indoor intelligence? What are you guys up to? Sure, yeah. So look, Inpiction is essentially a data company. And what we do is we focus on collecting indoor location data and then transforming that data into what we call actionable intelligence to make indoor spaces like offices, shopping malls, airports, hospitals, uh, government agencies, smarter, safer, more secure. So that's what we call indoor intelligence. But it's you know, think about any indoor space and what's going on in that indoor space, capturing data, uh, digitizing that indoor space and using that data to really make the spaces more uh, safer, smarter, secure. So give us an example, because some of the places you named, uh, you know, definitely I can see needing more security. Some of the places, maybe less security. Uh, I don't know where you want to start, maybe airports, maybe retail, wherever you feel comfortable. But I'd like to understand what this actually means, because, of course, Anyone can say indoor intelligence, but I don't know what that means. You know, give us an idea. Like, what happens? What does the customer? What does the uh, you know a business or a customer's world look like before you? What does it look like after you? Like, I'm sure big changes happen when this thing finally gets installed. But like, give us an idea of like the problems that you guys are solving. Yeah, sure. So let's start with like some consumer type examples, right? So that people kind of relate to it uh, in their personal lives. So if you're walking through an airport, you want to understand how to find your gate or where the shortest TSA line is, right? Or, mm-hmm. um, or where the restrooms are or the lounge. So we provide indoor location data. So we capture all of the information about where people are or assets are inside of a building. We map those buildings, creating a digital twin, and then help you as a consumer walk through that space um, you know, using your phone or some sort of device to navigate or, you know, find the shortest line. So that's where the data comes in, right? So if there's multiple checkpoints, which one's the shortest, I can feed you that data. So think of that in, in terms of the ways for the indoors, right? So we use Waze or Google Maps all the time outdoors, right? Um, so what's the shortest path from point A to point B? Where's the less tra- least amount of traffic? Same sort of thing, but bring it indoors, right? So whether it's an airport, or which has you know millions of square feet, or even a campus, right? Some of these tech companies have these huge campuses, sprawling campuses. Okay. I need to find how to go to a particular building, you know. Especially now with COVID, no one's got fixed desks and offices anymore. Every time you come to the campus, you might be assigned to a different location, right? 
because um, we're working from home half the time, if not more. So how do I find that meeting room or how do I find that location? And we're, and for the, for the company, the business, they want to know how their space is being utilized, whether it's an airport or a hospital or even the, the office. Where's the traffic moving, right? A shopping mall wants to know how traffic is flowing through um, the shopping mall, which stores are getting more footfall, right, and, and more visitors, which entrances are being used more. How does that change with the weather? How does that change with um, promotions or events during Christmas time or other times of the year? So all of that data that, that we can capture inside these spaces helps our customers understand how to best serve their consumers or visitors or employees and create a better experience. I mean, that makes total sense. I feel like technology like yours, I've definitely on a consumer app level, use something that is, I guess, powered by Inpiction potentially. Uh, is your software typically powering like the consumer map app of when someone's inside the business or is it more of an analytics tool for the business? So I'll give you an example, uh, probably a more relevant example for, more, for most people can recognize. For anyone who's been to an amusement park lately, they all have their app. Every amusement park has their app and it tells you like where foot traffic's going, where people are. It tells you like you can see real time like what the weights are for rides. I mean, the better parks have better apps and the lesser parks have lesser apps. Is that kind of like the thing that is in Piction is powering uh, on these different facilities? Because I'll speak for myself. I personally have not downloaded, for example, like an airport app. I typically just, you know, look at gate numbers and try to get there. I don't want to look at an app, but you know, that's generally how yeah. I operate, but I'm sure other people do different things. Yeah. So it's, it's exactly like that. And, you know, so we, we started out with more of the retail in airports. Um, today we're really more into B2B indoor spaces like mm-hmm. enterprises and industrial, but certainly, you know, we've got several um, mall locations across the country and, and actually internationally as well, where, you know, you'll see those kiosks to find the store, right? Some of those are driven by our maps. Okay. Um, some of the mall apps are using our uh, mapping platform and our indoor data to help do the navigation. Uh, at San Francisco Airport here, you know, in the Bay Area where I'm based, uses our maps and indoor platform. Um, so we've moved from those consumer-oriented spaces to really more B2B. But yes, we've, we've still got some of those great customers. So that brings me to the next question, which, you know, Again, we definitely want to educate our team members as much as they can. So some of us, and I'll say for myself, I have now worked in a company that's got that big of a company footprint. Give me an idea of how like companies are benefiting from this kind of thing, because of course I'm aware of companies with giant campuses. You know, I've gone to visit customer. Uh, Google was a customer of ours back in the day. Facebook was. So I've been to those campuses. I've been in towers in New York where, you know, largely most of the floors are owned by. Yeah. So give us an idea of how the these businesses are leveraging this data. Uh, you kind of hinted at it a little bit, but I'd love to hear like what problems they're solving with it, because that's that's where ultimately clearly you're solving some problems because the company looks to be growing. You got, you know, a couple hundred employees seems to be solving some serious problems. So I'd love to hear how this data is like applied directly to these companies. Yeah, yeah. So look, I mean, it started out with security applications, right? So Mm. people wanted to know um, where employees and visitors were. Uh, We have a lot of government customers that needed to also know where devices were, right? Because Ah. if you think about it, we all bring cell phones or other devices into buildings with us all the time. And some of these devices can be hijacked and network the, um, you know, the, the network in these spaces. And so it started out with security, um, in a lot of these spaces um, to make sure that they knew where people and devices were. And if you're a visitor, like you may not be allowed in certain areas 
or you can't bring devices, right? If you ever walked into a government building and they take away your cell phone, right? But lots of times people oh, yeah. forget, um, and not with any malicious intent, but it happens, right? And so um, that causes real threat. I mean, it was amazing to me to hear from one of our government customers that said, hey, you guys um, are not only just physically protecting our building here, but you're impacting you know, soldiers across the country, uh, halfway around the world, right? Because there's sensitive information mm in our systems, in our network. And when devices come in and you help us detect them, we need to make sure that those devices aren't somehow inadvertently hacking or giving access to these systems that have sensitive classified data, right? So we help solve those types of problems to um, more simplistic things like how a particular room, how often is it being utilized? And COVID, you know, uh, the silver lining in what kind of happened over the last couple of years for us was, help people understand the value of indoor intelligence, right? Because now they're thinking, okay, how is my space being utilized? I'm not bringing all my employees back to work. Which areas are being used? How can I change those areas to make them more um, functional going forward, right? We may never bring our workforce back to the office 100%. So do I need all this space? So space utilization, right? Not only in terms of understanding how much square footage do I really need to keep anymore, or how can I repurpose that square footage, right? And do I make it more collaborative space and, and, and do away with the individual desks or, or um, conference rooms, et cetera, right? What, what do I need? And so there's, there's a lot of space utilization data that they can understand as they see what's happening over a period of time and how the spaces are being utilized. Um, another security example is, you know, school safety or, or even campus safety with these corporations, right? Um, you know, unfortunately we have, a gun problem in this country, and and you have, you know, uh, rogue people that can come onto a campus or a site. If you're managing and detecting people in these buildings, in these spaces, mm-hmm. you can see where known devices or people that are registered are, mm. and then where maybe someone that walks in, because these people always have, you know, the bad guys always have a cell phone on them. Yeah, yeah. You can see and detect cell phone and then see, you know, where they are versus where your employees or students or whoever may be. And so being able to detect that and being able to send that data to um, you know, law enforcement to be able to act appropriately. So things like that, right? So a lot of our customers use it for a variety of applications. Listen, you, you hit on a lot of examples. And, and as soon as you start talking about government buildings, I actually reminded myself at the time I was a consultant at BAE Systems. And for those who are listening and are not familiar, BA Systems makes, um, you know, they make tanks for the U.S. military. And it was funny you mentioned that because as soon as you said that, I was like, dude, I remember I had to check in all my personal devices. At no point was I allowed to bring a personal device on site. It was like, I checked that stuff in. And then on the other side was my work computer. So my work, like it never got to go home. Right. You know, so like from if you work for if you work for a company like that, you don't work from home. Like you have to be on secure networks and, and, yeah, exactly. and they wouldn't let you bring a cell phone because it potentially had a camera and all kinds of stuff. And it was a big campus, kind of like what you said in the safety. And obviously this, at the time, they didn't have a tool like Inpiction there, but hundred percent, a company like that, that deals with, you know, really sensitive information. Like I could see them using that. You know, you hinted at another thing in your answer that kind of suggested there's a, cause there's a, it's true. There's a big, massive change now in the workforce and how we're going to use space going forward. You hinted at your customers are already implementing this. We, I personally am in the belief that hybrid is at minimum hybrid is here. Like it's not, it's not going to go away. I don't think hybrid's going to go away. Whether we go full remote, whether we go full office, I don't think that's likely either. You know what I mean? Like 100% of one thing. It's probably not, it's probably going to be a blend. 
Sure. And we've actually had CIOs on our show talk about how they're going to try to potentially reconfigure their companies to optimize for this new work style, work habit, whatever you want to call it. What are some of the things you are seeing coming to light from the data? Because, you know, like I'm, I feel like there's an epiphany, right? So like I'll, I'll use an example but, and let you answer just in a moment. My, my wife works for a big tech company here in North Carolina. They have a big campus. She goes there. And she says, like, it's not really that full. Like, there's clearly not everyone's returned to work. I said, what, what does full mean? Like, what percentage? She says she doesn't even know because she doesn't really know how many people are employed, you know, were coming there prior to, prior to, you know, work from home. Right. So give us an idea of, like, what the data is potentially uncovering because you can't survey or, I guess, people. There's, like, the only other way to find this data is to, like, I guess, survey it yeah like you're gonna be there physically and count people uh, that doesn't seem efficient so give us an idea of what's being uncovered yeah look i mean we're working with a lot of fortune 500 companies and it's still early days in this right and it varies a little bit by industry right some industries are making a harder push for employees to come back um and and others are are, are not pushing at all um tech is very different than sometimes in the financial services sector for example right but what we're seeing mm-hmm. is it's early days. The, peop- the no- percentage of employees coming back is still fairly small. Um, and so what we're, mm. what we're hearing from customers is, okay, how do I repurpose that? What I'm seeing is more collaborative spaces is, is what people are focused on. That's where mm. you need to come back, right? People want to be able to have some space to bring people together. Even in my own company, we, we, we see the value in getting together from time to time, right? It helps you maintain the culture. It helps you uh, maintain connectivity, um, right? There's a lot more um, nuance to interactions in person than maybe on a Zoom call, right? With with one person or hundreds of people, right? And so I think there's definitely going to be a need to gather together in person. Um, and so what we're seeing is a shift to how do we take those um, spaces and and make them more collaborative or make them for group settings or create activities around that, right? And um, so I think you're right. It's not, I don't think it's going to be 100% either way, remote or fully back in the office. I think it's always going to be hybrid, except for certain places, right? In manufacturing or healthcare, where you have to physically be, be, be there to, right. to do your job. But in the areas where you don't have to physically be there, I think it's going to be a mix. And, and so, you know, I think that is going to continue to evolve over the next year or two. As, as we uh, come out of this pandemic phase and people are, you know, have more data to say, okay, maybe we don't need all of the space we have, but the space that we do have is going to be, you know, higher percentage of collaboration space, right? And, you know, we're also finding there's a new feature that we added is kind of being able to see where your peers or your friends are at work and which desks or conference rooms they've booked. So you can, you know, if, if there's somebody you want to meet or you want to hang out with or what days they're coming in, um, as long as they share that information with you and you share it with them, you guys can find spaces to work together, right? Or, or near each other so that you can at least, when you're back in the office, see the people you want to see. Or maybe you need to see your manager, right? Or maybe you want to engage with the exec team more. So you can have that type of functionality in these things too. And so that's those are the types of requests we're getting from customers that we're adding into our product to give them the ability to kind of collaborate, meet with the folks that they need to, and and then you know leverage the time that they have together in the space. Yeah. And when I'm hearing you say this, uh, the one thing I keep thinking about is like, you know, because I sat on the sales side of a, a software organization for so long, 
I'm thinking to myself, I wonder what people say when they hear this pitch and they learn about impiction. Because I feel like uh, if if I was to play devil's advocate, I would come back to you and say, well, why can't I just do that based on my hunch? Why can't I do that based on informal survey data? What do you say to people who think that that can be done just based on, oh, like, well, there's less people here, so I'll turn it into a conference. You know, I'll, I'll add conference rooms. I'm going to, I just read about that in Fortune magazine. I don't need it. I don't need data to do that. How do you overcome to p- the naysayers who say, like, you don't need to measure that? Yeah, look, it's it's not just about that measurement or that data, right? It's mm-hmm. it's a combination of things that we're delivering through this. So, you know, the location and spatialization data is just one piece of what we're offering. The biggest challenge companies have right now is keeping employees, right? Re- employee retention is is so critical. We've just talked about all the great resignation these past oh, yeah. few months, right? And the job market is still strong despite some of the economic challenges. So it's costly to lose an employee and then try to replace them, right? So companies have to think about how do I bring employees back, make them feel safe, right? Mm. When they come back to my space in terms of COVID or anything else, um, make that experience better when they come back, right? And so for us, it's, you know, the what we've done is taken our location data, the maps, um, the ability to book a desk, et cetera. We've put it all into an app to really focus on the workplace experience. And that's the key, right? So if you want to bring employees back, even part-time, then you need to create an environment and an experience that's appealing because otherwise they're going to go somewhere else, right? And Or they're going to find something that's 100% remote or whatever it may be. And so that's what we're finding is customers are really focused on that employee experience. And so what we've done is we've integrated with 75 plus other partners that you would expect in the workplace. So whether it's your your Zooms or your you know G Suite or your Office 365 or Slack or you know help desk um, tools etc., all of that gets access through our app, which has all the other functionality that Impiction provides. And now that becomes your gateway to all the services that your employee needs, whether they're in the office or at home remotely. So there's a lot of conversations also about how do you create equity right among people that are employees that are working at home and being in the office and and making sure you're, that you're treating them well. So now you create this employee experience. They've got everything accessible through one app. They don't have to log into multiple things. And you it, it allows you to kind of control the culture and, and can, uh, defend your culture, maintain your culture. It allows you to shape that employee experience, whether they're at home or in the office. Your all-hand calls, your you know, uh, weekly meetings, all of that can be managed through this one thing. So it's not just about the data. It's about the whole employee experience. Okay. Now I fully understand. Now I understand this because that problem, I understand. I will retell a story for, you know, the, I used to work as a consultant for an agency called 360i. 360i has, you know, thousands of employees, multiple floors. We didn't, we had no inspection. No, we didn't have that. Uh, But Facility resources were at a premium. It was always very difficult to tell which places were booked, where photo shoots were occurring, where film shoots were occurring. Like you'd try to bring a guest here and all of a sudden you're not allowed to even walk through the hallway. So like some type of mapping tool to tell me how I'm supposed to get there would be great. Has some type of resource allocator to know that this room is available, that it has the AV tools I need versus maybe another room might have more of the creative tools I need. Whatever the case may be, that agency had... Not every room was equipped the same. And that's, I guess, this, another selling point for you is like you don't have to equip each room the same. You can equip rooms based on demand. But what you do is you make it easier for people to find what they need. Then you won't have to equip all the rooms 
yeah. to like full capacity each and every room so that anyone by chance alone could just use it. So I can, I can start to see that because I can see the frustration of people that are, let's say, returning to work, like you said, and you know, they don't have access to the resource that they need. It just adds to the frustration. Like, I, why am I here? I can't even do what it is I'm supposed to do. Like, now I'm frustrated. Yeah. And look, we're, we're dealing with customers that are global 3000, right? So they have millions of square feet of office. Yeah. And you're coming back to- a, I'm just, I was complaining about three floors. Like, I can't imagine like millions of square feet. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and you're coming back to, or every time you book something, it might be in a different space, right? So again, it's, yeah. you, you don't know what amenities are there in that conference room or um, you know how to get there or, or what um, else is next to it. So it's, it's just making that experience better. I, I, can, I know what I'm getting. I know where it is. I know how to get there. And the people that I'm meeting are, are able to get there as well. So one of the things we always want to understand a little bit about founders and CEOs of companies is how'd you come up with this solution? Of course, the solutions probably evolved over time, but, you know, this is a pro, you know, and I'm, and I especially want to hear from you because like the problem you're describing has actually existed forever, right? Which is, which is simply, Hey, if I'm in an office and I don't know where I'm supposed to be, or I don't have access to resource, or I don't, you know, there's that problem has always been there. There's always been like, you know, a mismatch of what someone needs and what's available. <laughs> like that's, that's been there. Yeah. Since the, but how did you come up with, you know, I'm curious about how, your process to coming up with a solution for this, because, you know, like I said, we've all been exposed to it, but not all of us attempted to solve it. Give us an idea of how you walk down this path. Yeah, no. So it's, it's, um, it's pretty funny because it, it started four or five years ago with just the hardware side of our business. We had sensors that we deploy in these indoor spaces, starting with those government customers I talked about earlier, yeah. that would detect cell phones, right? Or any connected device, any wireless device. And so, you know, when, when I made that acquisition of that company, the reason I did that was, I was like, so, okay, I get it. You're, you're detecting these things in real time and you're creating alerts, but what do you do with the data? And they're like, what do you mean? And I'm like, well, don't you capture this data and then use that to understand over a period of time, how that space is being utilized. And, and they weren't. What they were just focused on was real-time security. Mm. And I just thought, wait a second, there's so much power in the data here. Here's an opportunity. So I started with that, right? And so we started capturing that data um, from the sensors. And then we said, okay, well, you've got you've to view that data. What's the most intuitive way to view the data? Well, a map, right? If you're talking about location and spaces, Think about Google Maps or Waze, and it's the same thing. So we needed an indoor map. And so we you know, bought a mapping platform and integrated that data to show it on a map. And of course, then you want the analytics, right? So we built in the analytics platform. And so it's just been evolving over time, but I had this vision of, okay, what are the pieces I need to really, you know, and we didn't call it indoor intelligence right away, but it was like, okay, we've got this indoor location data. How do we use that data and, and how can that drive um, important decisions and and what would be the most important data for our customers to have depending on the use case. So it's very different for a shopping mall than it is for an airport, right? Um, in an airport, the TSA guys may want to know which areas and what time of day the lines, you know, become really big at the security checkpoints or the yeah. or the airlines yeah. want to know like how long does it take people to get to the gates, right? Or the shopping, there's always- Who's going in uncommon areas. Yeah, who's going in uncommon areas. Why is a cell phone in this uncommon area? That makes no sense. You know, so like, what's that? Yeah, exactly. And so we started building, you know, these blocks together and we said, okay, we need, we need the positioning, we need the maps, we need the analytics, 
There's also something called on-device positioning. So we use your cell phone, the, the tools on your cell phone, to help figure out where you are in that space, right? So we can help you get from point A to point B. So we added that piece in. And then finally, delivering it through an app, right, is, is how you do things these days, right? So you're not going to mm -hmm. go to a website and type in a URL. You want it available with you everywhere you go. So then we incorporated all that data, put it into an app, and put in our maps, integrated all these pieces, and voila, indoor intelligence is what the end result is. And there's lots of use cases. We've talked about the corporate side, but there's a whole other side, like on the industrial you know, business side, right? So that's the other segment that we go after. But think about warehouses and factories, right? And mining operations. We've even got livestock customers. So tracking assets in a warehouse, or um, we've got miners going into coal mines and the, the management needs to know where they are because they're ducting air into those areas of the mind so mm. those guys can breathe, right? Or you want to make sure that they all return safely, right? And, and you don't leave anyone behind. And so tracking and- Yeah, and you're not doing like some head count thing. You, you don't need a head exactly, count. Like, you know, right? live, real time, there's, there's people. So where are the people and, yeah. and where do you pump the air and do, did they all come back out? Um, or that same location data can be used to make sure that you avoid collisions. You see that in factories. We even have some, you know, transportation customers, locomotives in, in Europe that, you know, they want to make sure that uh, workers on, on the rail lines, um, they're, they're wearing earmuffs and things like that, and they don't necessarily hear the train. Okay. How do you avoid collisions, right? And detecting that before and triggering something to stop. So whether it's a forklift collision or something outside, location data becomes useful in so many different ways. We just never thought about it. And like I said earlier, the pandemic has now, you know, brought about this new use case of how do I manage my space? And so I think it's opened people's eyes to indoor intelligence again. Yeah. So this is like a very evolutionary product because, you know, when the way you describe it, I almost, you know, I'm maybe just envisioning something. Of course, you could debunk this in just a moment because I'm going to share. You know, like I'm envisioning people coming to you and be like, can you do this? Meaning like they have a problem. You might not have thought of it, but they're like, hey. In fiction, come over here. <laughs> can you solve this problem? And like, yeah, yeah. And you, maybe you hear it first time, like, I can almost solve it. I need to maybe add some features, but like, because like the use cases, I guess, the use cases and the problems that people are solving are, they're not inherently like, no, you know what I mean? Like, these aren't things that I think a lot of people think about, unless you're in that industry, like you don't really think like, is this a problem? You know what I mean? Right, yeah, right. We, we get asked to do all sorts of things like the use cases are endless, right? And so we can't do all of them and can't do everything for everybody. Sure. Um, we've now focused more and more on these B2B applications. But yeah, I mean, you know, when I talk about this, I'm always getting thrown like, hey, can you solve this for me? Can you do that for me? And, <laughs> and I'd love to, but, you know, it's just we can't do everything all at once. Yeah, no doubt about it. So, you know, you know to make sure our customers, our listeners pick this up from the very beginning, you guys had a hypothesis that the location-based security was going to be important. Yeah. And then once you figured out how to locate where people were, people kept asking you to layer in more services, which has now built this whole category. Like, and for those who, you know, I'm not making this up. This is when, what made me say, okay, I got to meet Nader is I saw that it is a Gartner category. Yeah. I was like, what does this mean? Like she's like, it's like in indoor location services. Like I didn't realize this was even a category for uh, for Gartner <laughs> to evaluate. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So, because someone said, yeah, it's indoor intelligence. I don't know what that is. <laughs> right, right. Interesting. So what do you think in your opinion? Where, where, what are the next five years in your category look like? Because this is one of those things where, you know, 
if you didn't know, for example, if you don't think that there's a potential solution, you tend not to ask questions about it. But I have a feeling now that more impede, like the way you're sharing it with us today on this podcast, I'm sure people that are in because like it's is it a facility manager's job? Is it a CEO's job? Whose job is this to make sure their indoor space is optimized, secured, and efficient? You know what I mean? Like yeah. it's not really someone's job. You know what I mean? Give us an idea of what's going to happen, you think, in this category the next five years. Because you are right. There is a race to retain talent. That is that is happening. Like people are trying to figure out how do I keep people that want to work for me because I can't be highest bidder game. The highest bidder game, there can only be one winner. <laughs> so like, <laughs> So how do people win? Yeah, look, I mean, it's a new category, right? And we're actually starting to see job titles for folks that are responsible for workplace experience. Really? Yeah, I mean, outside of those kind of leading companies, it's HR, sometimes it's the facilities folks, sometimes it's, you know, the COO. But really where we think this is going is, you know, it, it, to me, it ultimately goes back to the experience. And, and so whether you're an employee or a visitor or the same product, the same technology, the same application also um, our customers use to manage hybrid events, right? So think about, you know, we just did an event for Aruba with 50,000 attendees in mm. Vegas, right? And it was a mix of hybrid, right? So online and, and in person. And so be, if you're in person, you're using the app and you're navigating through, you know, the conference rooms and the, and the trade show part, right? If you're online, you're switching from one uh, session to the next, right? And, and you've got your own program. Um, so, you know, again, creating that equity. So no matter whether you're remote or in person, um, so there's use cases that continue and continue. And I think the technology and where we see um, the next step in this is we're bringing in augmented reality. We're bringing in AI. We're looking at how this plays in the metaverse. So if you think about augmented reality, let me start there. You know, we when you think about the maps, it's usually in 2D, right? We're now moving to mm-hmm. 3D maps so that as you walk through a space, you can see what's really happening there. So if you hold up your phone with the camera, it's showing you what, what's really there. And then on top of that layering, you could have an avatar or you could have points of interest, things popping up, right? Telling you about what's in this space. Or if you're in a supermarket and you're looking at a wine bottle, right? What, it'll give you information about that wine, where it came from or um, what it goes well with, right? Or, or what the pricing is. Um, so depending on how you want to use it, we can layer in augmented reality and really, in some ways, whether it's an avatar or, or um, directional navigation information, right, showing arrows, how do you get from point A to point B? Um, or I think this is kind of cool, like x-ray vision, right? So like I was just in our uh, Berlin office and they were showing me how, like, you know, walking through the phone and you put it at one of the doors in the hallway and it'll show you what's inside that room, right? So you can you can see, like you were saying mm. earlier, like I need certain amenities and equipment for my session, right? So you can pull up and it'll show you everything that's in that room through, without even opening the door, right? Because it's all connected. That data is all- <laughs> before, before I ever get up and go looking. Because that was the old way. You just go in and peek around like, oh, does it got it? <laughs> yeah. And, and look, I think, you know, it's the next thing with this is also making it immersive, right? So that's where um, some of the hardware with glasses- um, right, come in and the metaverse comes in. So let's make it more immersive. So I'm not holding my phone. My hands are free. I've, maybe I've got glasses on. And now I can see the augmented reality and the location data that we capture is driving that experience as you're walking through these spaces. So if I'm walking through Las Vegas Convention Center at a trade show, it's going to pop up and say, hey, that booth, that company was on your list of companies to visit, right? And and here's the information or 
you know, I meet somebody and it pulls up information about them or, or whatever it may be, or it's helping me just do some simple navigation, but it's all integrated. And the, the maps that we're talking about as you move from 2D to 3D, essentially a digital twin of your physical space. That's what mm. companies need to upload into the metaverse, right? If you're, for, from a business perspective, you want to create a digital twin of your physical space in the metaverse and then interact with your customers and partners there. So you need us to come in and map your space. Well, I'm telling you right now, I hope our lead sponsor, Salesforce, is listening to this because they are the proprietors of one of the biggest conferences around, right? Dreamforce. And I've been yeah, to Dreamforce exactly. and like it's multiple city blocks. I'm sure you, uh, oh, yeah. I don't know if you've ever been. It's, it's multiple city blocks. It's held inside massive buildings, which also then requires me to like, I mean, just knowing where I'm supposed to be and how to get there. Not quite that easy. It was definitely, it was always a challenge. Oh, yeah, no. It's a major challenge. <laughs> They're all like that, right? All of these big trade shows are like that. It's it's difficult to navigate them. It's difficult to know where to go. And then the 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 sponsors of these events are getting so much data as well, right? Because then you can understand traffic patterns. You can understand where did people spend more time, less yeah. time, right? Do I need this much space? Do I need these, you know, I, I set up a wine bar over here. How much foot traffic went there? Exactly. Or, and safety reasons, no right? So, you know, like, are you, are you, um, you know, meeting all your protocols for fire regulations or things like that, right? So there's, there's a lot of different use cases for why you as a manager want that data, but it also helps your attendee or visitor have a better experience by providing this type of service. Oh, listen, when I, when I attended reInvent, I got lost. I, mean, I, I couldn't, I, I like made no sessions. Like I was like lost at all times. reInvent, for anyone who's ever been to reInvent, it's crazy. Have you ever been to AWS reInvent? No, I haven't. I've never seen so much help staff around. They have the, they wear these like giant flags because, as you know, the inside of a casino is already designed to disorient you, so right. that you're like not really sure where you're going. So you stay around, hopefully play some games or shop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So you're they're inside of those massive casinos, and they have all these people with flags physically, give, like giving you guiding directions. They say like, "Come ask me," right? And uh, and the way you're describing this and the way I see it is like, dude, it would have been tremendously convenient to have augmented reality help me take a left. Because, okay, when for everyone that's listening, because I'm talking with my hands, uh, if you're walking down the street, it's easy to tell someone to take a left on first. But it's very hard to explain where they should take a left inside of a building. There's no names to anything, right? So like, it's, exactly, exactly. So like for me to walk and see that arrow, be like, right now, take a left would be um, tremendously helpful, yeah. especially for a place like Vegas, which as you, like we already said at the top of the conversation, dude, it's, it's already designed to lose you. <laughs> you know what I mean? So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've been to CES, Mobile World Congress. It's all the same, right? It's just, there's yeah. such big venues. And so having that capability of navigating or being able to find your peers or colleagues or the company that you want to visit just becomes a lot easier, right? Because yeah, GPS yeah. is great outdoors. It doesn't, do much indoors if you've ever tried, right? It doesn't do anything indoors. Yeah. And especially when you get that like staff worker that guides you based on things that you don't know where they are to begin with. Like, oh, you have to take a left at e booth E3. Like what? The booths aren't numbered. Right. Like, I don't know the numbers of the booths. <laughs> yeah. yeah, You can't see the numbers and it's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh man. Well, this, this was an awesome conversation because, you know, like I said, when, when I first read a little bit, I kind of had an idea of what this business was about. I couldn't really understand some of the use cases and so on. 
Because my that was my original thought, like when this was proposed as a subject, I was like, well, don't people just like make hunches? Like, why do they need data at all? But like, it's much more than that, obviously. I appreciate you coming in here and clarifying why this is a category. Yeah. And not to undermine, I mean, the data is complicated, right? And and there's there's a lot of square footage. There's a lot of complications and different types of spaces that you want to capture that data. So I think that's all still very valuable, but it's more than just that, right? And it's it's about the experience. Well, listen, it was awesome having you on here explaining how that experience can be augmented because once you started hitting those use cases, I was like, they, I was ta- immediately taken back to every moment where I was like, man, if I had more guidance, help, information, there would have been significantly better experience uh, and, and as, as well as an employee, as well as a visitor. So I thought your use cases were on point. I want to say thank you for joining us today on IT Visionaries, but Nader, before you go, it is time for the lightning round. The lightning round is brought to us by Salesforce Platform, the number one cloud platform for digital transformation of every experience. Nader, this is where we ask you questions outside of the world of work so our audience can get to know you a little better. You ready? All right, let's do it. All right, listen, you've been solving problems. We looked at your career. You started off at a big company consulting. You've held senior roles all over the place. So you've solved a lot of problems. Give us one of the craziest or oddest IT problems or technical problems someone asked you to help them solve. Yeah. So look, I mean, besides kind of integrating all these different technologies together to, to deliver on indoor intelligence, I'd say like, you know, I never thought I would be tracking livestock or helping track <laughs> miners in these coal mines, right? Very different use cases. Not what I thought about when I, when I had this strategy put in place, but you know, RF technologies, radio frequency, which is how we detect things, is really sensitive, complicated stuff. And yeah. um, and so solving that for such a variety of use cases has been like amazing, right? My, my team's done an amazing job because we can do 10 meters of accuracy down to 10 centimeters of accuracy, right? And so that's really hard work. And so that's, that's I think, been our biggest differentiation is that we've got the full range and, and we can provide really precise precisioning for our customers. Give us an idea into like your attitude towards problems. When you hear a new problem, are you like, yeah, I want to learn how to solve that? Or B, do you think, oh, I don't want it. I don't know. Or this. <laughs> I'm the ever optimist. I'm like, no, no, we let's find a way. We can we can do it. Think outside the box, right? I, 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 I love a challenge. Where do you go for inspiration? Uh, you know, outside the box thinking, typically uh, we've had some guests that they talk about how their inspiration is fueled. How do you get your inspiration or... Uh, are you one of those people that reads a lot? Do you go for nature? Like, how do you do it? Yeah, I mean, look, there's 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 always uh, uh, different ways to to get there. But for me, it's it's a lot of alone time, thinking time that that drives it. Um, not necessarily. I don't have to be in nature. I know a lot of folks like that. I'm a city guy, so you know, it, I can kind of deal with it then. Um, <laughs> but I think it's just kind of giving some dedicated time for that. Like some of our folks, um, me included, like we just carve out time every week or every month to just kind of do thinking, right? And so when we mm. hit, a, hit a roadblock, to me, it's that. And of course, you know, reading up and, and learning from others is key. But but for me, it just, it takes some alone thinking time. And and I don't have to be in nature for some reason. It, it, it can happen anywhere. Hey, there's some people that do that meditation, right? Like they can go to silence and they can kind of clarify their mind. So yeah. that is that's an, it, always interesting to hear how people look for that spark or outside the box problem set. Yeah, solution. Give us an idea of what do you like to do outside of work? Um, yeah, so outside of work, the the, <laughs> the the only thing I have time for is like spending time with my kids, really. Um, I've got three <laughs> kids that are in all different kind of age groups. Uh, so it's it's spending time with them. It's traveling. Um, so I've got a kid in college, kid in just leaving high school now, moving on to college, and then I've got a sixth grader. So 
that keeps me busy. All right. And then we got to ask the magic question is, do your three kids think you're cool? <laughs> <laughs> you're the boss, man. You're the CEO of a tech company. You're, you're, you're leading insider, you know, inside intelligence. What do they think about their dad? Yeah, I'm sure I, you know, I embarrass them half the time and probably <laughs> half the time. I think they probably think I'm all right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I appreciate that. Well, Nader, it was awesome having you on the show. Thanks for sharing with our audience the world of Inpiction, how it works, indoor analytics, indoor intelligence. It is a newer category. It is evaluated by Gartner. Uh, it's one of those things, like I said, from the show throughout the show, something I didn't really understand before you joined us. I mean, I really appreciate you sitting down and kind of explaining how the product or the service works and how the category works. It makes a ton of sense, especially given, as you already suggested, the world as we know it is transforming right before our eyes and no one really knows what they're supposed to build. Yeah. And they just know they need to build, like you said, like they got to improve the employee experience, but there's no playbook for this, right? This has never happened in the history of humanity. And so what is the world going to look like? I mean, I don't, I don't know what the future work is going to look like. So it's pretty cool that they're using tools to figure, you know, help figure that out. Yeah, no, it's, it's a necessity these days. Right. And, and that's how you keep people uh, in your workforce. So we're excited to help them along. Thank you again for joining us today on IT Visionaries. Thanks for having me.